0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. ESPN2, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty. Owen Cohen, Evan Cohen, Andy Cohen, Heaven Cohen, whatever my name is today, uh, we are here and unsportsman
2: like, Good morning, everybody.
3: Good morning, Evan. Good morning, CeCe. Happy New Year to both of you.
2: Oh, my God. Here we go. (laughs) I I can't believe we're going to start with that again, but I just want to make one thing clear at the start of the show. Mm -hmm. I'll never be confused with a comedian, but I just want to make sure that everybody out there understands that none of my sports takes and are my jokes. We're stolen from Cat Williams. I just want to make sure that th- that that's abundantly clear.
1: Yes, uh, he made a, an appearance with uh, Shannon Sharp, correct, on his podcast. That, that is was correct, up, uh, Club Shay <laughs> Shay. It believe. was an
2: appearance. It was an appearance, all right.
1: <laughs> yeah, I have not. I, admittedly, I have not watched it all, but I did I see haven't it. Either I did see it, or not watch at all, I should say, but I did see it trending all over the place last night. Um, yeah. So happy New Year to Shannon Sharp and Cat Williams as well. <laughs> Um, just want to make sure we say Happy New Year to them, and please uh, continue to wish CeCe a Happy New Year. All right, um, you, we did hear Udonis Haslem. I don't know if that was an intentional lead-in for us, CeCe, because our two teams met in the NBA last night. That's not where we were going to begin, but then we hear the Miami Heat's Udonis Haslam and Heat Lakers last, last night on ESPN. No Jimmy Butler. Who won that game?
2: Yeah, I mean, listen, LeBron James scored a dozen points. Congratulations. You guys won on an off night for the King. Good job.
1: You've lost uh good, what twelve of nine, 12, nine of twelve since the yeah, it, had, it uh, hadn't tournament? been great.
2: It hadn't been great since the bubble. We're one game under five hundred, <laughs> but there's still a lot of season left. And let's be honest, the young guys that are on this team now won't be after the trade deadline. We're just waiting until we trade for Zach Levine from the Chicago Bulls. And apparently he's waiting too. That's why he's not playing.
1: It feels like it is heading in that direction. I don't think a lot of teams want Zach Levine because of the contract. I do think the Lakers should. I think he makes sense with them, and I think he actually would be good with them. I'm not writing him off. Um, But anyway, yes, he beat the Lakers last night. All right. Week 18 in the NFL. A week 18 where you're going to get Blaine Gabbert, Jeff Driscoll, Carson Wentz, Nick Mullins, Trevor Simeon, Easton Stick, Tyrod Taylor, Sam Howell, Mason Rudolph, Jared Stidham, um, Sam Darnold, and others basically welcome to playoff preseason. Mm. That is what smalls week 18 has become in the NFL. It is playoff preseason teams are getting themselves ready for the postseason by not playing their starters at the quarterback position and other positions to make sure that there are no injuries. Plus teams that are already out of it are shutting the guys down. I will make the statement that of all 18 weeks in the NFL, Week 18 would be ranked last if you were to power rank the best weeks of football in this league. It is the worst week in the NFL because of the fact that it is playoff preseason.
3: Absolutely. Unless it's a win-and-in scenario type game, you don't really have a lot of these games listed on your must-see TV list when you're heading into week 18 of the NFL. Now, I obviously understand the logic behind it. Protect your guys. This game is meaningless for certain players, certain teams, so they want to make sure that health is at the forefront. But from a consumer standpoint, not ideal.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I I have to disagree with you guys. I'm just sitting here looking at it. I mean, we have five playoff spots up for grabs, four division titles up for grabs. But even beyond that, just the implications when it comes to playoff seeding and how that impacts who has the best chance to compete for a championship, I think that makes a huge difference. So I'm with you with the backup quarterbacks, but that's not something that's unique to Week 18. I mean, through Week 17, we've seen 61 different starting quarterbacks. So, I mean, we're seeing that because you have this regular season that's been elongated and stretched out, that that it becomes a war of attrition for a lot of these teams, and you get key injuries at the most important position in all of team sports, which is the quarterback spot. So, what we're seeing in terms of the starting quarterbacks in Week 18, to me, is no different than what we've seen throughout the course of the entirety of the regular season. I just think it's fascinating when you start looking at the different machinations of what uh what could potentially happen and who could be slotted where when the playoffs kick off with the wild card round a week from now.
1: Yeah, and, and obviously there's a lot to dive into with that. I guess my overall point on week eighteen is this. That if you look at from where the season began, guys, to where it is now 16 intended starters at the quarterback position will play this week. 16 unintended starters will play this week. Meaning the players that we will see at starting quarterback were not the goal of the team before the season to start at, at quarterback position. Quickly, Blaine Gabbert, Jeff Driscoll, Carson Wentz, Nick Mullins, Trevor Simeon, Easton Stick, uh, Tyrod Taylor, Mason Rudolph, Jared Stidham, Sam Darnold, Tyler Huntley, uh, Bailey Zappi, Jake Browning, Gardner Minshew, Will Levis, and Aiden O'Connell. All 16 will start at quarterback this week. That is fascinating to me that we are that deep into the season and we're just going to shut down for some of these people. Like And college football, and I know it's not apples to apples, but college football gets destroyed for guys transferring, guys leaving before a ball game. And it's not exactly for the same reason, but the reality is like, it's okay that guys are transferring and it's okay that these, these teams are shutting guys down either for the offseason or or to get them ready for the the playoffs. I'm okay with this, but I'm also going to acknowledge this weekend is not as sexy in all of the games as last weekend was.
3: Yeah, but some of those guys on the list were starting in other games this season. It's not as if it was just a straight shutdown scenario. We've had so many quarterback injuries that it feels like a lot of the matchups that we've seen so far this season have felt like these Week 18 matchups. So I guess... In other years, maybe it would be a little bit more jarring. I still understand what you're saying. It's not a sexy matchup. It's not ideal for you to sit down on week 18 and have some of these players that are going to be out there starting. From a consumer standpoint, it's not that fun. It's not appointment television. but. This year specifically, we've gotten a little bit conditioned to the backup quarterbacks, right?
1: And so, Cece, walk us through because I'm Smalls and I are saying it's more playoff preview. You're saying it's playoff primer. Let's say, right? Like, which yeah. which matchup are you looking at and saying? This is going to get me excited because this is going to tell me something here moving well, forward.
2: Well, before I even get to the matchups, I mean, I think it's important to acknowledge my own experience when it comes to what happens in week 18. So even though in 2011 we were in a win and end game, there are a lot of games that were going on around the National Football League that determined the playoff seating. And for us being with the New York Giants, I can tell you there was a big difference for us being able to play against the Green Bay Packers in the second round of the playoffs, the divisional round, as opposed to having to play against the New Orleans Saints. And and that was a team that nobody wanted any parts of. So I guess... Every player on the 2011 Super Bowl winning Giants will tell you if we had to go to the New Orleans Saints and play, we were probably not going to win, but we knew we could play against the Green Bay Packers. We knew we could win. We knew we could play against the San Francisco 49ers and knew we could win. We also knew, based on what had happened in the regular season, we had no shot at beating the New Orleans Saints. But that's just one example throughout my career where I can tell you, What happens around you in terms of playoff seating impacts whether or not you can go on a deep playoff run and accomplish the ultimate goal, which is holding up a Lombardi. Now, specifically looking at week 18, fascinating game for me is is the San Francisco 49ers L.A. Rams game. And I get it. It's Sam Darnold versus Carson Wentz. I know nobody's really checking for that, but the Rams are in a unique position where they can choose their own adventure. Because if you're looking at the situation right now, they can be the sixth seed if they win, but if they lose and the Green Bay Packers win, all of a sudden now they slide down to the seventh seed. So that's the difference for the Rams in playing the Dallas Cowboys in the wild card round versus playing the Detroit Lions in the wild card round. And I think it's fascinating that the Rams are saying, yeah, we don't really care if we win or we lose, we're fine with playing either one of those teams in a situation where you can hand pick your own opponent you're determining that the rest is worth it more so than who we match up against in round 1 and i think that speaks volumes about how they perceive the Dallas Cowboys in comparison to the Detroit Lions and other teams that are vying to come out of the NFC
1: do you agree with that philosophy by them
2: uh i, I will say this I-, I i think it's i think it's interesting that they are looking at the Dallas Cowboys that way, especially after the Cowboys boat raced them in the regular season. I want to say the score was like 43 to 20. It wasn't even close. But it's interesting that they're looking at the Dallas Cowboys in that way and saying, you know what, we don't really see that much of a separation, that much of a difference in terms of how we match up with you versus how we match up to the Detroit Lions. And that 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 is a little bit odd. It's one of those things that gives me, you know, that makes me raise an eyebrow. And, and so uh, – I would agree that the rest is important, making sure you get all of the guys that you're relying on to the postseason healthy. But I also recognize your path to getting to the championship rounds absolutely matters. Matchups matter. And to me, it just feels like if you're the Rams, you want to create the best matchups for you. And I would think that that would be the Detroit Lions over the the Dallas Cowboys, given how the regular season played out. But that's not how they see it.
1: 888-SAY-ESPN, 888 is the telephone number to be a part of the show. Week 18 has become, for you, a playoff primer, like CC is saying, like getting us ready for those possible matchups, the indicator that the Rams are giving you there, and different teams are giving you about where their seating is and who they're interested in playing. Or are you saying it's basically playoff preseason, like Smalls and I are saying, where everyone is resting, the backups are playing, like, oh, that guy's pretty good. Maybe he could be good for us in this spot in the playoff game or this spot next year because, I mean, Smalls, as I continue and CC has all fair points here especially with the Rams take which is interesting about the yeah we're not afraid of anyone in that spot specifically the Cowboys I still look at the Niners are willing to say cool we're gonna have our guys shut down for two weeks not one the Ravens are willing to say we're gonna have our guys shut down for two weeks not one right and all of these other teams that like the Rams that are not necessarily dominant are saying yeah we're cool we're gonna rest everybody like to me it's playoff preseason big time
3: yeah it you have to think, is the juice worth the squeeze? Like certain scenarios, obviously, if you are playing for seating and you, and you want to go for it, understand. But if you're the San Francisco 49ers, imagine if Brock Purdy got hurt in this game. Imagine if Christian McCaffrey got hurt in this game. You... Imagine going to the podium and having to explain why you had to play them in this game when you you knew you had everything locked up and you were getting ready to enter a bye. I, I just I always think of the worst-case scenario, so that's why I understand why certain teams want to rest everybody that they have.
1: And that's why, by the way, we you and I, whether we're right or wrong, irrelevant, but that's why we consider it the idea of preseason, because we go to the same thing. Yeah, of course. Imagine if Lamar Jackson, God forbid, got hurt in a preseason game. We're all going to sit there and say, why are you playing him? in a preseason game. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888 3776 Telephone number to join us on the Dr. Pepper call line. Week 18 for you has become a playoff primer like CC saying with all the different matchup machinations or a playoff preseason week basically in the NFL. We'll get your phone calls in coming up plus win and in matchups. Which ones are the most interesting in week 18? We'll get to that next. It's unsportsmanlike. presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at lq.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. ESPN 2, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, with you. Unsportsmanlike presented by Progressive Insurance. Get a business insurance quote online in as little as six minutes. Visit Progressive.com for more information. Bills Radio Network, we are going to get into the Bills and the Dolphins and other potentially uh, potential win and in-games for NFL teams this weekend. But the storyline yesterday around the league was certainly all of the players that aren't scheduled to play this weekend. So we ask you guys on the Dr. Prepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. Week 18 has become... Preseason, basically playoff preseason or a playoff primer. You could be a part of Unsportsmanlike Nation. Dr. Pepper call in 888 Say ESPN. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper. The ones fans deserve. Javier in Houston, listening on ninety five point seven. What's up, Javier? Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for taking my call. Uh, you know, I love listening in the morning. Evan, uh, Michelle, and Chris. Uh, you know, great. You know, you know, great. Uh, you know, great stuff. Thank you. Um, so, as far as the Texans go, um, you know, this is our week. This is it, it and win it because last year, as y'all know, y'all talk about it, you know, last year was abysmal. So, it's been a tremendous turnaround for us and you know, it's been a great season to watch, especially with CJ being as underrated as he was coming in. Um, you know, I definitely am glad they're starting him because he's, you know, he's the man. He's our chance to win it. So, you know, I'm hoping it's going to be a great game. And looking at all the AFC opponents that we're seated to face, even though we make it into run yet maybe next year if we get the chance to come back but uh you know let's all take it from here thanks yeah and and listen like cc i wish indy houston was sunday night i get mm-hmm. the draw is not there yet obviously yeah. but like a year from now i feel like that is sunday night football right like i think we're one year away from cj stroud being able to stand on his own and saying like yeah i got i got sunday night football i'm good with that
2: yeah i think it's more about the gardner menchu angle of this that makes it one of those games that's not necessarily ready for sunday night Uh, But I'll say this, this is probably one of the more interesting games just because of where the two programs are at. And it's the only real true elimination game for both teams in the week 18 slate. So I I think it's going to be a great game. I think there's a whole lot to gain for the Houston Texans out there in terms of making a statement about what this franchise is going to be moving forward under the leadership of D'Amico Ryan's and C.J. Stroud, but it's also an opportunity for Gardner Minshew to cement his mortality as a starting quarterback in this in this league. Remember, this dude was relegated to backup quarterback status once he left the Jacksonville Jaguars, and now in extended duty because of the Anthony Richardson injury, he's proven that he deserves an opportunity to be a starting quarterback in this league. And if he takes his team to the playoffs, he puts an emphatic exclamation point on that fact. So I, I think this is a really, really interesting game. And I know a lot of people are rooting for the Texans because they're the more fascinating of the two teams. But I'll say this, man, I, I, I can't discredit what Indianapolis has done all season long to lose your starting quarterback as early as they did and not throw in the towel. I think that speaks volumes about the sports character in that locker room, but also it says a lot about their rookie head coach Shane Steichen.
3: Yeah, our complaints about Week 18, I think, do not apply to Texans-Colts. This is a game with everything on the line. This has a lot of consequences. It's a win and in, and as CeCe just outlined, there's so many amazing storylines on both sides of this matchup. I mean, if if either one of these teams punches their tickets, it's, it's an amazing story. So this, to me, does not fall into the category of of not interesting Week 18 matchups. So I'm going to be absolutely locked into this Yeah,
1: one. this is not a playoff preseason one. That's no. that's an exception to that that. Notion obviously. Uh, Lindsay in North Carolina listening on Sirius XM channel 80. What's up, Lindsay?
3: Just uh, watching, like, good morning. How y'all
1: doing? What's up, Lindsay?
2: Uh, the Cowboys definitely a, a primer. Um, if we do what we're supposed to do, we could be sitting the starters at half. But you know, as a Cowboys fan, I go through every single emotion on the planet when we play. So <laughs> Hopefully we can become some road warriors. We need to get ourselves together playing on the road. And also, you know, we got to defend our house when, it, when it's time to defend our house. But this is definitely a playoff primer. And uh, shout out to y'all this morning. My man, Kenty. what's good, man? What's happening, Lizzie? Season? Yeah, man. I, I, here's what I'll say about the Dallas Cowboys. You can't have a repeat of what happened last year. You just can't. Now, I get it. You have more to play for. This is the second seed in the NFC. This is winning your division title. This is if you take care of your business, you're at home for the first two rounds of the playoffs, and you've been great at home. So there's a lot at stake for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, think about it. If you lose this game after the Philadelphia Eagles open the door for you to win the division, if you lose this game, you could potentially have to go on the road for every single game in the playoffs. And as I've outlined before, Wild card teams that win the Super Bowl, you're talking about Hall of Fame caliber play. I'm not saying that Dak can't be a Hall of Famer, but that's a stretch in terms of where we're at right now to ask Dak and this Cowboys team to be on the road. It's such a distinct advantage for them to be at home given how good they've been. This is probably the best home field team in the National Football League. So that's why there's so much importance on winning Week 18 against the Washington Commanders.
3: Absolutely. I think... So many of us, if Dallas is at home, are going to pick them to win. If they're on the road, it's absolutely going to shift the way we view their chances this postseason, 100%.
1: CeCe, Lindsey brought up an interesting point. I wonder how you guys, as players, were coached up on this. Basically, what he was saying is the Cowboys need to go up so big so early to get out of the game. Like, are you told that, like, hey, if you guys are up X amount of points at halftime, I'll pull you, you'll get the second half off, or no? No. That just no. happens that way? No, no, it just <laughs> happens
2: that way. Uh, I don't think you can go into a game saying, hey, we're, we're not going to play in the second half. I think that that's a preseason philosophy. That doesn't happen in a regular season game, especially a game that means as much as this means for the Dallas Cowboys. Like, this is a game, if you are a true title contender, you should be able to win in going away fashion. Now, it would be nice to rest your starters in the second half, to rest them in the fourth quarter, but I don't think the Washington Commanders are going to give you that luxury. This is their Super Bowl, and they showed that last year that it was their Super Bowl and Sam Howell's first start. So that's what you have to go in anticipating, that you're going to get the best punch from Ron Rivera, who is potentially coaching in his last game in Washington. You're going to get their best shot. It's a division rival. This is their Super Bowl. So you have to take it seriously. Otherwise, this might not end the way you want it to in terms of you being able to win the NFC East division title.
1: Frank in L.A. listening on 710 in L.A., L.A.'s mega sports station. What's up, Frank? How are you guys doing? What's up, Frank? Love your show. Love
3: Thank your you. show. I just wanted to say one thing. Happy New Year, CC. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Frankie. Frank. Amazing. Well done.
1: That was it. That's all. That's wow. All Frank- that was Frank- a mic drop. Well done. <laughs> Round of applause for Frankie. Oh my God. Round of applause.
2: The PSA that I gave out on Tuesday did nothing. I said <laughs> the, the, nothing. It's on you. It
1: did and, nothing. And the, <laughs> it did here, nothing. Cece, here's the thing. I, I could not agree with you more, your take on we're done with the Happy New Year. But you knew you were going to bring this upon yourself that the moment you said that's it, today's the last day for Happy New Year, it was not going to end.
2: I wasn't bringing it upon myself. And the reason why it hasn't ended is because you wouldn't let it in. You wouldn't let it die. You're telling everybody uh, oh, to call in and hit me up on social media and wish me a happy new year.
1: I would never tell everybody that the Dr. Pepper call in line is 888, say ESPN and at ChrisCanty99 on social media to wish him, I wish you a happy birthday, happy birthday, happy new year. I you would wish never do that. You a happy that.
3: birthday. Happy birthday too. I can't happy wait birthday. until Merry it's. Merry
2: New Year, all of it.
3: I can't wait until we're in June and this is still a thing. I'm hoping. That it's still a happy new year new year cc come june 1st
1: well you know what unsportsmanlike nation right now the fans that are getting things done cc just like granger
2: yes for the ones who get it done grangers offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions plus their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer call click granger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die
4: alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do.
2: This is the
1: Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. ESPN 2. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, with you. We have to shout out ESPN Milwaukee 94.5 because they sent us a bunch of gear. So we do appreciate that, right? Jen, Gabe, and Chewy on after us, Wilde, and Touch, KBN, Homer, everybody. But uh, specifically, they sent us this stress ball, <laughs> and I have noticed when Michelle Smallman has not stopped squeezing the stress ball. Yeah. Are you okay? <laughs> I'm just making sure wellness check on you.
3: It's it's fun to just have it around. She's bounce, just like playing basketball here yeah. in the middle.
1: Of, we need a hoop, I guess, in our in our brand new beautiful That'd studio. Be fun. We
3: can put it right, right over there behind you on the wall.
1: Okay, so good. So then I'll get a hit in the head <laughs> like this. So it's just, just wonderful. And Cece, I mean, for as an elite of an athlete as this man has been in his life is one of the worst paper ba- in the trash can basketball players that has wow, ever been. Wow, really?
2: Cece, oh, Cece, you air me on. out like that? Cece, come wow. on. That come, on so fire.
1: come on, he's
3: Cece. not that bad.
1: Cece is an all-time great athlete. Before I ever met him, I loved Cece as a player. I wanted him on the Patriots because of his versatility along the defensive line. He played yeah, for Yeah, but Breaux. y'all
2: wasn't paying nobody, though. <laughs> you know I'm about a bag, so why would I go to the Patriots? No, sir, I'm saying correct. I'm a fan
1: correct. of this guy's athleticism. But I'm watching him in studio. He misses every garbage shot. There no, is. There's
2: a lot That's of times he'd be out. Bang though. That's not even CC, true. be that's fair. That's not even true. We're going to have to put a dedicated camera in there just to watch in between the breaks and see how many I make or miss. That's what we're going to have to do. Yeah, why? Well, I feel like you're like you putting a little bit on it right now. I feel like you're putting a little <laughs> bit on it right
3: now. <laughs> we need it. We need the shot camera. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, we Ed, have Rob. Is doing it. You're doing it for TV right now. That's oh, not necessarily. Oh, that's not necessarily how it goes down between the breaks. I'm just saying. Well, Rob
1: is here, our social and digital guy, who's great. Mm-hmm. So. hmm I think that maybe Rob can start filming some competitions, right? Maybe we have (laughs) basketball garbage competitions. Garbage time, literally. Garbage time. Garbage time. And
3: we'll keep a tally. Yeah, okay. All right, there we go. All
1: right, now, let's play a little game here with some of the quarterbacks in the postseason. All right, I'm going to give you a quarterback. We're going to play out the best-case scenario for them in the postseason, and you guys are going to tell me whether or not that best-case scenario – Puts them in the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. all right? And these I'm not giving you my home, so I'm not giving you the obvious ones, right? Let's play this out. What if I told you <laughs> Joe Flacco wins a Super Bowl for the Cleveland Browns? Chris Canty is your former teammate then a Hall
2: of Famer? Absolutely. I'm putting Joe Flacco in the Hall of Fame because that would have meant he's gone on not one, but two heaters in order to get his team to the championship and actually win it. Like, think about it. When he won in 2012, I want to say Joe Flacco threw 11 touchdowns to no interceptions, and since he got off the couch in early November for the Cleveland Browns, aside from Lamar Jackson, he's playing the best football of any quarterback around the league. So if he can sustain that for the next month and a half, then absolutely Joe Flacco will be a Hall of Famer. I don't know too many quarterbacks that have multiple titles and that aren't in the Hall of Fame. I think Jim Plunkett might be the only one. The only, so, only yeah, one. If, well, if yeah, yeah f- Eli will be right. Yeah, well, Eli is going to be a Hall of Fame. Yeah, exactly. Come on, Ev, stay, stay with me here. So, I mean, yeah, <laughs> Eli is going to be in the Hall of Fame. So, I mean, yeah, if he wins multiple titles, he will be a Hall of Famer.
3: Yeah, multiple titles I think will get him in, but I also think the wear matters. If you're the guy who was the fourth man up and quite literally was taken off the couch and you're the one that leaves the leads the Cleveland Browns to a Super Bowl title and it's your second... And, and two different franchises, that absolutely punches his ticket to the Hall of Fame. There's no doubt about it. If he's the one that could get it done for Cleveland, not the guy in Deshaun Watson that they paid $230 million guaranteed to to be the savior, if it's actually Joe Flacco who was hanging out watching on Sportsmanlike with his family, maybe, maybe sipping his coffee, chilling at home, and he's the <laughs> one that gets it done, that is all-time lore type stuff. He will absolutely be in the Hall of Fame.
1: I agree with you both, but... I also think that'll be the most debated conversation maybe in the history of the NFL conversations. Like, if you think about sports talk, what we do for a living, we have debated the Eli elite, Joe Flacco elite forever, right? I think that Joe Flacco Hall of Fame will become the most debated conversation we've ever had. Is that, is that ridiculous to say?
3: I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Guys, he has no
1: individual accomplishments. If
2: he he wins a title for the Cleveland Browns, I think
3: he should be in. Who've
2: never won a Super Bowl? What are you talking about?
3: And have been a factory of (laughs) sadness. If he turns that frown upside down and it's his second Super Bowl, I don't think there will be a big debate about
1: it. I think there will be an enormous one. There's no
4: shot he's getting in, even if he wins a second Super no, Bowl. Pat, no what? chance.
3: If you guys he, are insane. Are you kidding me? He's got no other achievements in it his does, career than two Super Bowls. Uh, and he's not getting in and for Super that. Super
2: Bowl MVPs. He's not getting two, in for that. And, 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 and multiple Super Bowl MVPs.
3: Yeah, and Just a can't lot put of that, out there. that is the biggest stage. That is when the lights are the brightest and the pressure is the highest. If you're able to execute on that stage, not once, but twice, that to me carries more weight than consistent individual performances throughout your the regular season in your career that that to me carries so much weight
1: I think it should be automatic like I agree with you both but I'm telling you I think more people are going to be like Pat I think it should be automatic if you are the quarterback of a team that wins two Super Bowls I think that is an automatic you are in in the Hall of Fame there's no such thing as an automatic obviously with the Hall of Fame but to me that should be it like if Brad Johnson were to win another one he should be in the Hall of Fame Right? If Trent Dilfer were going to win another one, I think you should be in the Hall of Fame. If Jeff Hostetler were to win another one, Hall of, like, I think it should be absolutely automatic that if you're the starting quarterback of a team and you win not one, but two Super Bowls, you're in. But I'm telling you, more people will be like Pat than like the three of us on this one. All right, let me give you the next one here. If he wins the Super Bowl this year, is he in the Hall of Fame? Let's go Matt Stafford. Cece.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I think he's in the Hall of Fame. I think he's in the Hall of Fame. You say that reluctantly. <laughs> no, because he's going to have the numbers to support it, right? I, I hate to go down the road of saying that he's a compiler, but all those years in Detroit, all those years of playing from behind uh and, and, and losing a lot of football games has led to him putting up some inflated passing stats. And then when he actually got with a functional, competent franchise, he wins a title in year one. If he's able to follow that up a couple of years later with another title – yeah Matt Stafford's getting in the Hall of
3: Fame it's hard for me to stomach you calling the Rams a functional competent franchise when I uh, had the 15 and 65 version of them in St. Louis it's amazing how quickly that turned around when they move zip codes but I think Matt Stafford would be in he has the numbers from Detroit as CeCe said and I do think the storyline matters that the fact that they said blank those picks and they went all in they they thought Jared Goff was not the guy even though he took them to a Super Bowl and he seemed to be the missing puzzle piece if if he goes there and he's able to win not one, but two Super Bowls, I think that combined with his numbers in Detroit, he'll get in. Somebody will get in that room and be able to make the case for him.
1: I actually think it's a lot easier of an argument to argue Stafford with two over Flacco with two because Stafford's numbers, as you just mentioned, are way better than Flacco's historically. Now, again, CC has the fair point of – Stafford's numbers are really good for a bad team, where Flacco's numbers may not have been as good for a really good team in Baltimore for as many years as he was there. All right, next one. If they win a Super Bowl, are they in? Dak Prescott?
4: Dak Prescott? Dak Prescott.
2: Mm, no, I'm not ready to say that yet. I'm not ready to say that. And I and I get it. He's the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, so everything is going to be magnified. Everything's going to be hype, but he's going to have to follow that up, and he's going to have to do it some more. Like, I, I'm just saying, uh, in, in looking at Dak, I, I just... I'm not going to say that he hasn't put together an impressive body of work, but I think there would be more for him to do to solidify his case as a Hall of Famer than just winning one championship.
3: Even though it's with the Dallas Cowboys and they haven't been past the championship round in, what, 27 years? Yeah, See, I don't know about that one. I, I always just think of the scenario, right? It's it's a group of people that get in the room and someone has to make the case for them. And I can just imagine if Dak stays on the same trajectory and continues to compile numbers, if he stays in Dallas and he's the one that breaks through there, I could absolutely see somebody making the case for him.
1: Yeah, I, I tend to lean with CC on that. I don't know that he's done enough yet. I'll, I'll throw in Josh Allen. Do we have the same answers then for Josh Allen? Right, if he wins yeah. the Super Bowl, same yeah. kind of thing? Yeah, I, I feel answer, the same yeah. way. Okay, all right, Amen. so then the last one I'll give you here is Lamar Jackson. If he wins this, I mean, I don't even, is that even debatable? A Super Bowl win and two MVPs, no. assuming he wins it this year? Like, he could retire literally the day after the Super Bowl, CC, I would assume, and he's in.
2: Yeah, I don't think he has to win a Super Bowl to be a Hall of Famer. I
1: agree. Yeah, if, assuming get, he gets a second if, MVP,
2: right? Well, yeah, he's going to get a second MVP and it's probably going to be a second unanimous MVP. So, yeah, if he wins another one, I don't think he has to get a Super Bowl in order to be considered a Hall of Famer. Now, we're all going to look at him with the side eye if he doesn't get it done at some point, And we recognize that this is the best opportunity for that to happen since he's been there because it's the best receiving core that's been around him. And it's the best defense that he's ever played with. But, yeah, if he if he doesn't get it done, as long as he pulls down that, that unanimous MVP trophy that we're all anticipating being announced the week of the Super Bowl, then, yeah, I think Lamar Jackson's Hall of Fame case is already made.
3: Yeah, I think he's the easiest one of the bunch. <laughs> I think if he wins two MVPs in a Super Bowl, there's not really an argument against him. So the real
1: debatable one, it seems like we have here, is Flacco, right? Because we're all I know, CeCe, you're reluctantly saying Stafford, not because you don't think like he's good, just because it's hard to look at the Detroit years, right, as a... It's a positive for him, but the team wasn't good, and, and you're somebody that literally played on good teams the entirety of your career. Um, it's, that's probably where the, the, pull, the, the tug and the pull is, if that makes any sense um, mm-hmm. on that. So Flacco is the debatable one, where the three of us are saying, if you win two Super Bowls, you come off the couch, you win it for the Browns, how are you not in? And Pat Costello, our producer's argument is, well, where's the individual achievement at any point during the course of his career?
2: The individual achievement is the playoff run. It's impossible in today's game to win a championship with subpar quarterback play. Uh, I mean, even average quarterback play. Your quarterback has to be good in the biggest moments. Competitive greatness matters when we start talking about the best to have ever done it. And if Joe Flacco pulls it off again, that would mean he would have went on two historic Super Bowl runs. I can't emphasize how well he played in 2012 in that playoff run that the Baltimore Ravens had. He was, he was standing on his head. The guy was outstanding. He would have to do that again to get through the AFC and get to the Super Bowl and win it. So, yeah, if Joe Flacco and the Cleveland Browns win a Super Bowl, then I think he is a surefire Hall of Famer. And all we have to do is look at the body of work, right? If you win multiple championships as a quarterback in the modern era, then you're going to be in the Hall of Fame. Like I said before, Jim Plunkett is the only one to win multiple titles and not be in the Hall of Fame. Everybody else is in the Hall of Fame. So, I mean, it, it would be Joe Flacco being an outlier of sorts. I just don't think that would happen.
1: 888-SAY-ESPN, 888 Telephone number to join us on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Plan out the hypotheticals of these quarterbacks that are going to be in the postseason. If they win a Super Bowl, do they get in the Hall of Fame? Joe Flacco is the most debatable one. Well, to some, do we think that he's a Hall of Famer if he wins a Super Bowl? We'll get your phone calls in on that. Plus, ESPN The Hang will explain (sighs) next. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio.
0: Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two. by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality
2: supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance here on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Uh, Dominic Foxworth. Funny, as always. Uh, Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. We're going to get your phone calls in on the NFL playoffs, Week 18, Flacco, Hall of Fame, etc. But something happened yesterday. So during one of our breaks, we go to break and we hear our entire production crew, from Nuno to Pat to Javante Mid-sentence, mid-conversation, as if we are not here, right? As if the three of us are not doing a show. They are doing their own show. Yeah, they
3: were locked in. Yeah,
1: they do another show during this show, which is really an amazing thing that happens back in Bristol, okay? And they were saying, which ESPN personalities would you want to hang out with the most in general?
3: Off-campus.
1: Off-campus, correct. Like, go to lunch, go out, whatever it may be, dinner, night out, whatever. And, of course, the three of us, um, I think they were split on CeCe. Every one of them said yes with Smalls, and every one of them said no with me, which makes sense. I think all across the board makes sense. So today, Smalls and CeCe, we're going to give our power rankings of our top three ESPN personalities that we'd want to hang out with, right? Yes. Go out, night to dinner, night out, bar club, whatever it is. Just have fun with this, friends, colleagues, teammates, whatever you want to say. Smalls. Do you want to kick us off? Oh, I and I've been you... given rules for me, which I'll explain in a second.
3: Oh, okay. Do I have any rules or no. guardrails
0: up okay. here? Do you want so my... is
2: this like is this like a snake draft? How are we doing this? No, like, I think they wanted just...
1: to do it. I think Nuno said power rank top three. So, so just give three, yeah, right?
0: Well, Canty, power rank top three. But for you, like, are you going to do NFL football, you know, NFL player Canty or... Married, Canty, because I think because oh, there's a huge <laughs> there's a huge difference here for there you. Is. I think there is. I,
2: I don't know why we have to differentiate though. They're one in the same, ain't they?
3: No, <laughs> no. different <laughs> eras. Not, <laughs> different eras. <laughs> different eras, different energies. I'd <laughs> not, not say. Not at yeah.
2: all. No. Here's uh, here's uh, the, yeah.
1: So here are the rules. We're but, say, let's
2: just say right now. Let's just do okay. it right okay, now. Okay. Right now. So right the now.
1: rules that I was given. Basically, they said no Teddy Bruschi, no Mike Reese of ESPN.com who Covers the Patriots, <laughs> nobody on Hoop Collective, Winhorse, yeah. yeah. Bontems, McMahon, yeah. no Legler, no Woj. Okay. I'm not, basically, I'm not allowed to to do my nerding out with Patriots and NBA That's stuff. That's fair. That's right. fair. Okay, go ahead, Smalls.
3: Okay, so I put a lot of work into this. I really looked at the rosters. I thought about this situationally, and I, I'm really pleased with my list. So here are the top three. The first person that I want to hang out with at ESPN always is Elle Al Duncan. That's th- who was on my list. I think Elle Duncan is the coolest girl on the face of the earth. She is so fun. She's awesome. Guaranteed great hang. Elle Duncan, number one on the power rankings.
1: Are we eliminating one somebody has picked? I feel like we should.
3: Okay. So Elle yeah, Duncan, yeah.
1: Duncan was on my list as well. She uh, seems amazing. She's, I've never spoken to her in my life. Oh, she seems amazing. I've
3: worked with her. She is the coolest. So okay. I'm happy to steal her from your list. Number two on my list is Shannon Sharp. Unk is Mm. wild. I want to drink cognac with him and sit by the fire. I know I'm going to leave there with some unbelievable stories and laughs will be had. Also, I want to get some fashion tips from Unk. He's always dressed from head to toe. Shannon Sharp has to be one of the best hangs at ESPN.
1: That's a good one. That is a good one.
3: Okay. Okay. And number three on the list. When I think about a great hang, you have to have the stories. And I like a level of unpredictability. Mm. I want to go out with somebody and not know where the night is going to take Uh-oh. us. And to me, that person is Pat McAfee. If I go out with Pat McAfee, I don't know where we're going to end up. We could end up at like a governor's house upstate shooting guns. We could end up in <laughs> oh a speakeasy God. where where, you, where you have to give a random word to get in. You could end uh, up at a dive bar shooting darts. I don't know where we're going to go, but I know Pat McAfee is going to be able to get us in and that he's going to be able to adapt to the situation and it's going to be a great time.
1: All right. So, small is his list. L. Duncan stole mine. Uh, Shannon Sharp and Pat McAfee. CC, ESPN the hang. Top three personalities at ESPN you'd want to hang out with.
2: Oh, I'm going to kick it off with my former teammate Swagoo. The only guy that I know to wear a white fur coat in the middle of the summer in <laughs> Dallas, Texas. <laughs> Like, I, I got to go with him. He had the Purple Range Rover, Swagoo, had Ooh. all the sauce. And for those that don't know, you better ask somebody. Marcus Spears, the unofficial governor of the state of Louisiana, but he lives in the Gulf South. He's well-known. He is a great time to hang out with. And like I've said before, if you got a problem with Marcus Spears, that says more about you than it does Swaggoo. So, I mean, Marcus Spears is my number one draft pick in terms of people that I would want to hang out with at ESPN. Another person of Golf South fame that I would go with at ESPN, Big Perk, Kendrick Perkins. Mm. I'm talking about 50 Wings, All Flats, Lemon Pepper. Let's go. <laughs> I'm with Big Perk. Let's roll with him. He's a champion, so he know he knows how to party. And Big Perk, uh, I just feel like it's a good time. You go to parts of Houston unknown, he can show you a good time. So I'm going to roll with Kendrick Perkins as my second draft pick in terms of people at ESPN that I would want to hang out with. Now, the third one is going to be a little bit tough, and this is going to be one that's a little bit strange, but I'm actually going to go with Harry Douglas. Now, people are going to ask me, why Harry Harry Douglas? You know why Harry Douglas? Because Harry Douglas lives in Atlanta. Mm. And Atlanta, for those of you that don't know, is a great place to party. Wouldn't want to live in Atlanta – But I love to visit Atlanta, and, of course, Harry Douglas knows his way around there. He's well-connected. He works with the Atlanta Falcons. His brother played in the NBA, so you know they know their way around town. I would roll with Harry Douglas as my third pick of people at ESPN that I would want to hang with. So that's my list.
1: Very well done. See, CeCe seems believable. Like, I could see him hanging with all three of those anytime he wants.
3: Absolutely. do well, I
2: actually have hung with him. Right,
3: exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. That's,
3: Great like, picks. Okay. Great so picks.
1: So I, I have categories, of course. So I'm going to just – Stephen A. and Greeny, I left to the side like – They're not gonna hang with me. All right, then. (laughs) then I I have a category of people we have hung out with on the show of Dominique Foxworth, Harry Douglas, Jeff Saturday, and Jay Will. I would love to hang with Jay Will. Like he's awesome. Um, Then I have the the I'm not allowed to pick guys of Struski, Reese, the Hoop Collective Pod, Legler, and Woj. My honorable mentions very quickly. Gary, oh oh, I'm I'm doing. We're doing honorable mentions. Come on, yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, Well, since you took Al Duncan, Gary Struski, Sports Center Uh seems very fun. Joe Buck. Seems unbelievably fun. For sure. Michael Collins, the caddy, seems amazingly fun. Bill
3: Walton. Oh, I sat next to him at a dinner. We co-hosted a dinner together. Great time. He
1: hosted. You didn't speak. There's no way anybody speaks with him.
3: I think I introduced him. (laughs) Exactly.
1: (laughs) And Michael Wilbon. Michael Wilbon just seems like I feel like I'm just going to take notes on everything he says and then learn so much.
3: Imagine going to Chicago with Wilbon. Great time.
1: So here's my three. Richard Jefferson. Just seems as cool as could be. Talk NBA, talk life, etc.
2: Well, he's cool because he has a shirt all the way on buttons. That's
1: right. <laughs> Randy Moss. I mean, I know he played for the Pats, and I know that was kind of the rule to like not do that, but Randy Moss seems amazing. And I'm a curmudgeon, right? I'm a complainer. Tony Kornheiser. How do I not pick? I mean, is that not me in 50 years if I'm lucky? Not 50 years. Jesus. In 20 years if I'm lucky? Like, that's that's my three. Richard Jefferson, Randy Moss, Tony Kornheiser. My number one was Al Duncan, but you stole
3: it. I, I love your list. All three of those people seem amazing to hang out with, but I feel like the Randy Moss is you skirting the rules because you've been talking about the Patriots the entire time.
1: Exactly. So what do you want me to do?
3: do I get- like the idea of you not being able to hang out with Greeny or Stephen A, but Richard Jefferson and
4: Randy Moss, you're in. <laughs> you got the in on that one. All
1: right, is there anybody we missed? Anybody that you guys think, hey, we should have brought up there? We will find out coming up. 8 at 8, say ESPN, your ESPN hang list, plus back to week 18 in the NFL next. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.
0: Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America.